Here's a ground ball right side could do it. The Houston Astros are world champions for the first time in franchise history. You're listening to the Weekly Brew with Austin Staten, Jeremy Paxton, and Hunter Atkins. It's time to sit back, relax, and be informed. Welcome to episode 115 of the Weekly Brew Podcast. Uh, my name is Austin Staten. We've got a full, uh, I guess, roundtable here. We're going to talk uh, little Texans, little Astros, and uh, maybe some other stuff here in the way. But uh, the Dynamo, go. apparently, yeah, Dynamo you guys heading about. to the uh, the Western Conference Championship. I think that's what's called. I, I'm not sure. Let's go around the horn real quick. We've got Hunter Atkins uh, in studio. We've got Derek Fogel and also Jeremy Paxson, who is a, uh, a newfound Astros fan after the uh, the Astros fake take, news. Yeah, take home the uh, the World Series over the Dodgers. You are but... a walking piece of fake news. <laughs> I'll take it as a compliment. Fair enough. All right. So, anyways, uh, since everyone has sort of uh, had time to digest the Astros, uh, we're going to start off with the Texans. Dun, 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 it's dun, terrible. Dun, dun, Deshaun Watson dun, dun, goes down with a non-contact injury, a torn ACL. Uh, what was it? Wednesday, Thursday in practice. Uh, Tom Savage looked absolutely terrible on Sunday against the Colts, and I think that was to be expected. Again, the uh, the Texans fall to the Colts 20-14, to 14, and, and the way the game ended – Derek, we had dinner right before we were recording, and we were talking about this. It was just, I don't know, it was a total Texans loss. I mean, it just the way it ended, the way it happened, it, it was, just it, it made perfect. sense. Everyone on Twitter is just like, that's fitting. The left tackle gets beat because Dwayne Brown isn't there. I forget who it was. They get blown off the line. Savage gets sacked just because he holds onto the ball too long. He can't, he tries to escape, can't get anywhere. They turn the ball over. It was just, it was very, very Texans back to the Stone Age. It reminded me of last season. Yeah, exactly. It's back to the Stone Age. It's 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 really disappointing to me that the coach of the Texans, Bill O'Brien, somehow saw it during the offseason that Savage was good enough to start week one. I, I don't understand that. I go back to this every time. I can't believe it is so stupid. Like, there's really no other way. You're laughing, Hunter. Yeah. Go ahead. It's, just laugh. No, you have. <laughs> it's a great criticism, which is, what kind of a coach is he if he thought that Savage was better than Watson? Well, I mean, he knows his system, which obviously Bill O'Brien's system of, you know, drop back passer doesn't work. His system of having a mobile quarterback works. We, what, what is the Texans the last five games average, what, like 39 points or something like that? I mean, offense has been clicking. They've been so much fun to watch today. Disaster. So do, do you think this is a, a lost season? Without, oh, absolutely. Yeah, without question. No chance yeah. they're making the playoffs. No, I mean, no. if, if they make the playoffs, what's the consolation? I mean, you, okay. you get knocked out in the first round. I mean, this is a terrible division. Yeah. So, but, the, but at the end of the day, you have the Titans 5-3. and three. Jacksonville's still pushing along. So I, I just don't I, see the Texans 3-5 and, and five catching them. And I don't have the kind of fandom nor the knowledge about this team and the franchise that, that you guys have. Um, but to, to go into next season with a, like a fresh Watson and a fresh J.J. Watt... Does that even make a difference? Like, do you think J.J. Watt will come back healthy? You know, see, you know what uh, I mean? Like, what is the, is the future of this team bright, or is it not? Because now you're going to have I, I think, all these guys yeah, this season yeah. basically wasted who so are I, healthy. I think it's concerning because I think Bill O'Brien, I think there are question marks around him as a coach. Obviously, Why would he, they keep him? I, I don't know. I really don't know. He hasn't done anything. The best he's done is 9-7 and seven against a really, really awful division. Three he, years he, in a row. Yeah, he made the decision. Good defense. Sure, but not he, that it's him. I'm just. I think he hires well. I think he hires good people around him. Um, 
I think the only way he keeps the job is just what you saw from that five-game stretch with Deshaun Watson. But at the end of the day, Deshaun Watson tore his ACL when he was in college. Oh, I didn't it was, know that. It was his, I uh, believe. The other knee. Yeah, it was his, it was his left oh. knee. This one yeah. is his right knee, his plant knee. But that's got to be a little concerning that it was a non-contact injury. J.J. Watt, again, non-contact injury. But that's how, but that's how an ACL is going to tear. Right. Rare, actually, your ACL mo- like most often will tear. Yeah, yeah. but I don't know. I, I, I think there are, there are some concerns for next year. I think the only person I'm not necessarily really concerned about is Merciless. I mean, the pec injury. We saw that uh, Mario Williams came back, what was it, five, six years ago and did fine. Got a $100 million contract from the, uh, the Buffalo Bills. But to me, I think the two question marks that you have to have are how is Deshaun going to respond to his second ACL surgery? And then how is Watt going to respond coming back from a second lost season? So and, I, it's, and it sucks that, you know, if you love the NFL, if you love the Texans, you, you got to wait another, what is it, like 10 months to, to just like enjoy this again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's, that's a, a, long, a long wait for what might not be anything resembling what you want. I mean, I think the bigger question mark is probably Watt, given that mm. this is, you know, the second time this has happened to him. Sad. Yeah. And so uh, Watson, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I think he's got, he's got the, he's got youth on his side. I think he's he, got. He looks like a wunderkind. I mean, he looked special. Oh, amazing. I, I didn't. I, I really didn't know he was this good. I didn't think he was this. I mean, he, 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 I did not think based on as good as he was in college, that he was going to be so good as a rookie. But part of that reminds me of a guy that Jeremy and I are very familiar with, and that's Robert Griffin. Robert Griffin came, mm-hmm. took the league by surprise his rookie year. One because you guys are year. big Browns fans, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Redskins. <laughs> uh, but I was going to say, he, that, that's, that's he, way he, back. He took the league by storm, took the Redskins to the playoffs, uh, you know, they they mortgaged the entire farm, trading what three straight number one draft picks for him, and then he tears an ACL in the playoff game, and he's never the same again. And now he's out of the league, looking for a job, just like Colin Kaepernick. I I, I worry that that could be. Deshaun Why did you compare Watson. those two guys? Because they're both out of a job right now. They're both mobile quarterbacks. Oh. They both came into the league right around the same time, maybe a year apart. Uh, it's just I, I I don't know. I mean, it's it's one thing when. You have a quarterback who does so much, and then when you get film on him, how does he adjust? And so we saw Robert Griffin not being able to adjust. Colin Kaepernick couldn't adjust. Deshaun Watson, I think he can adjust. So on the back of your, we'll t- see. Uh, on your TV in the background is uh, Al Davis's son, the owner of the Raiders. What's his name? What's Mark. That? Mark Davis. Yeah, he looks like a burn victim, and <laughs> and an adult baby. <laughs> He's just you know, terrifying looking. <laughs> I, be, I, oh, I, I met him last year. Like I interviewed him because there was the owners' meeting in Houston. Right. He, I just billionaires are so weird. So well, let's talk about the owners real quick. Uh, good nice. transition. <laughs> Must be nice to have that kind of money. Yeah, because no. you can look ugly all the time. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, you could still buy anything you want. I want to talk about McNair. Uh, you know, he made some comments a few weeks ago that obviously irritated the team as they were heading to Seattle. Uh, comparing them to... Uh, we can't uh, let inmates run the prison. The prison. So he used an idiom, used it incorrectly. Uh, uh, he didn't use it incorrectly. He used it at he, the wrong time. P- politically yeah. incorrectly. Yeah, well, I no, was going to say. It's that's the asylum. He said the prison. So there's... Oh, I thought it yeah. was. So he, yeah. he used okay, it well. slightly incorrectly. Uh, but at the end of the day, the Texans need a quarterback. And, and the one guy that's been linked with you know, all of this controversy is Colin Kaepernick. He's available. If you're... The Texans. You've seen what the Texans can do with a mobile quarterback. What Bill O'Brien's system can do. Do you take a flyer on him? Yes, as every team should have. 
Yeah. There's just no doubt about it. I mean, so stupid. I don't care. If what's it's... to lose at this point? And also, right? and because nobody was at the game on Sunday. What's to lose? I mean, also, can I just challenge this notion? You know, in the NFL, I would say of all the sports, it does seem to be the one sport where they would do anything it takes to win a game. Anything it takes to win. They'll inject these guys with Toradol, which if anybody doesn't know, it's this extremely strong. Okay, it's an extremely strong version of ibuprofen that gets injected. It works immediately. You feel invincible. These guys get injected with it sometimes at halftime of a game, after getting injected with it before a game. It's how they are able to play. There's that. There's the opioids, right? They're like anything. Then the players do HGH privately and God knows what else, right? Speaking and of which, Brian Cushing will be back. Uh, <laughs> 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 nice segue. So uh, my point is that we think of the NFL as so ruthless, like they would do anything to win except hire this black quarterback who wants to kneel. I, it's, I mean, it's so, so insane. It's asinine. It is asinine. And even if it's controversial, okay. You'd probably win games, though. That's the thing. Right? Like, you could get through the period, the, the media obsession for maybe, let, I'll be generous, or conservative, rather, and I'll say, let's say it's controversial for a month. It's a long time. All right. Then you got a month left, or like two months left. Maybe the make some noise in the playoffs. He could be okay. You know, he's led a team to a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. So he's see. I, okay, when I was with a buddy, uh, Travis, who listens to this podcast, and we went to the first game of the year, and what we saw Watson do was remarkable. And at that point, the Texans only had two quarterbacks on the roster: him and Tom Savage. You know, they had already released Brandon Whedon, who I believe got picked up by Tennessee. Someone can correct me on that. Brandon Whedon's still playing. Yeah. And Colin Kaepernick right. is not. Right. Well, TJ Yates. I mean, come on. McGloin. Uh, <laughs> right, right. But I believe we had a conversation, and we, we suggested that the Texans, what they should do right then and there is sign Kaepernick as an insurance plan for Watson. And, and look at it. If, if, if they would have done that, you know, week one, week two of the season, they would have won today. Because Kaepernick would have known the system for the past. He would have learned it for the past five, six weeks. Austin, you 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 read more of the internet than I do. What um? I think you watch more of the internet than I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly the stuff that costs money. Yeah, I watch more and I pay for the best stuff, without question. So, like, what, what I was gonna say is, what, are there rumors about? Are there? Are there <laughs> Derek is losing it. Derek, come back to us. Pull together. I'm here. Yeah, this is for another show. Okay. Yeah, and get your hand off my thigh. So. Um, no, what I was going to ask is, are there rumors out there um, regarding Colin Kaepernick's athletic ability? Like, is he not, you know what I'm saying? Or The argument always comes of, oh, does he really want to play? No, I think the argument is, obviously he wants to play. I don't, I don't think that's the thing. I think are there, but has I he think, also scared no, off No, that really is. That's what but people also, say. But, no, I think it's, does he want to be a backup? Because I think there are teams right now that are not wanting him to be the starting quarterback and it's offering him a backup slot. Like there was speculation that potentially the, uh, uh, the Seahawks earlier this year offered him a job as a backup quarterback, which makes sense. I mean, that mm-hmm. culturally mm-hmm. Seattle, yeah. that team, Pete Carroll probably would embrace it. It makes yeah. sense perfectly. And there's reports that he turned it down because he didn't want to be a backup quarterback. And see, what I was gonna he, add- but, but I like that because he feels that he's good enough to be a starting quarterback. What I also was going to add is, is, this is why I asked, are there rumors? Because it's not like I, it would have been made public. But I wonder if there's been either speculation or rumors or some sort of half report by Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter about whether Kaepernick has had meetings with teams and basically you know, stood 
or, or remain steadfast in wanting to voice his opinion. Like, like, see, I would understand an organization might pause if Kaepernick came in and said something to the effect of, I'm going to answer every single question that I'm asked. I, I'm going to use this platform continually. Yeah. Because then I could say, it's one thing to like get it out of the way in the first week or maybe even the first month. But if you know, he's emphatic about continuing to use the, the platform, not just to kneel for the national anthem, but maybe to, you know, I don't know, elevate the, the discussions about, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know which one to pick, but the array of, of, of Black Lives Matter, that, like that movement, and he's been emphatic about gun control, like whatever. If he has said comfortably, right, to an owner, no, you cannot tell me what I can and can't say. I'm going to say, right? Then I could understand, all right, that would because that would definitely scare off. But at an the owner end of the day, at the end of the day, if you win games, do you care? I'm saying I don't. However, I owners am do. I am conceding for the sake of this conversation right. that okay, I could see an owner trying to give this guy a chance and then being really skittish if what he hears back is oh, it's oh. not just gonna it's not just gonna stop after the first week. It's not just gonna stop with at the kneeling. Allegedly, that happened. He was uh, apparently Ray Lewis said that he was apparently gonna get a deal with Baltimore, and then his girlfriend or fiance tweeted something, and it ruined the deal because the owner saw it and didn't want to sign him after whatever his girlfriend said. Or L- fiance, I don't know. What that she sounds is. petty. L- 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 let me ask. I mean, because there there have been a couple of stories here in the last couple of days of last year that Kaepernick is not playing because of performance, not politics, right? But I, I mean, when was the last time this guy played a game? Like, last year. How many was like it last week, year? Week seventeen. Okay. It's also so uh, is and, it, is and it, is five five thirty eight ran a really in depth story about how a player with these accomplishments at this age with this level of health never has uh, you know been excluded from the league. Okay, I mean that. The, I'm just saying that. That's. I mean that. I, I'm not gonna take 538's word for it, but um, it's fake yeah. news, right? <laughs> I, and and, and I, didn't, I didn't take the word for it with the 2016 election either. They were the most um, accurate. The most accurate, and also really off, just like everybody else. But my point is, like, is it as has there been too much time that's passed between when he last played and when he could potentially play? I mean, is he? Can you just could you just plug him into the Texan system of would he work? Okay, it's about comparison. It's about all the other choices out there. Like, yeah. who's what's the guy's name? McLovin. McLovin. But I mean, look at McGloin. it. T.J. Yates has been my know, groin. The last two years, T.J. Yates has gotten a phone call from Texans like f- fishing in Georgia. Like I, it's it's you plug a guy in for yeah. one or two weeks. Right. We're in consensus. Yeah. They should give him a shot. They're not call Colin to. Kaepernick. Bring him to the Texans. But uh, yeah, so Texans disaster right now. I, I think the season's it's, it's, season. a, it's a wash. So it's a lost season. Kaput. But lost season for and and I, I feel like I'm piling on. But um, and a loss. What a great year was looking for um, wide receiver. Sh- shout at Hopkins. God, Hopkins God, and really, Fuller. He looks so good. Hopkins and Fuller. And, you, both and God, you, you, you know, it's like you need it. You really for this team to win a Super Bowl with the roster that it has. Right. It needs it. <laughs> it needs everybody to stay healthy. Right. Like, you know, you can't have a season in which you're going to lose whatever it is, three to four of the most important players and just think, oh, we can compensate. You know, how they're so snake bitten, I guess is what I'm getting at, right? You have this amazing year by DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. 
are you, are you going to get another amazing year out of those guys next year, combined with the return of J.J. Watt and the continued health and excellence of Jadavian Clowney and the return of, like, you need, you know what I'm saying? It, this team really does need so much to go right, it seems, to, to right all the wrongs that have happened the last several seasons. Is that a super wordy way of saying that we have no depth at... No, 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 positions. no. The, 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 clearly, they have. Di- clearly, the Texans. Ha- who, I don't know who we is, by the way. I didn't know. Were you suiting up today? <laughs> I. You know, it's it's, it's funny. I, I woke up. I, I woke up. You got a big I enough noggin. You wouldn't even need a helmet, Jeremy. <laughs> you could just straight up go skull the helmet and just take somebody out. That could be fun to watch. Jeremy, how much would it take? Uh, Jesus, I'm. He cannot I'm help thinking, you on this. Yeah, it's it's gonna have to take a lot. But no, it's not about a lack of depth. It's it's a lack of luck, right? I'm actually clearly saying that they have so many talented players, but so much goes wrong. Like, they, they need... Is it, is it bad luck, so though? True. Because this is, like, consecutive years of bad luck. That seems like it's not you luck. You couldn't That's, predict that Watt no. and, and Watson were going to get hurt. No, I know what you're saying. I, I said it when... Um, who got hurt first this season? Merciless. Or Watt. Uh, Watt. Kevin Johnson? That might have been it. Mm. Somebody got hurt, and I said, it feels like we're doing something wrong. Like, something has to be done wrong for all of these injuries to just constantly happen. So, I'm gonna, Which I'm, is, an, I know it's an egregious I'm, thing to say because you can't predict I'm gonna, them. I'm going to kind of compare it to a sport. Okay, so college baseball, for example, Augie Garrido and Wayne Graham. They're so both, Augie Burrito. Yeah, they're, yeah. Both, they're both notorious for overworking their pitchers, right? And so we see a lot of increased Tommy John surgeries with some of their pitchers. Do you think that's maybe it's the training staff or the, you know, not giving them enough time off. How would any of us know? We, I would. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I, wouldn't I mean, is that possible? I mean, because we see it in baseball where I think there's overworking, you know, with pitchers' arms. Is Call John McClain and, and Aaron Wilson the Houston Chronicle. Ask them. Fair enough. I mean, because yeah. the truth is, I, no one at this table. We're not close enough to know. Knows. Yeah. I don't know what any of their training is like. I don't either. Yeah. We, we barely get to see them practice, like ever. I know. So, we're, sh- we're shielded from it, so I don't know. <laughs> so uh, if, I know we don't have video of uh, this podcast, but Jeremy just put on his uh, Astros hat. My, my, my super small Astros hat on my very big head, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> yes. It must, it must mean that the Astros won something. Yeah, Jeremy, what happened this past week? What did happen? There was a lot of yelling outside of this apartment downtown where I was staying. I, I, I wasn't <laughs> quite sure. I actually went out of the rice, and there was a man who had made a conch shell into a horn who was blowing it in some sort of ceremonial fashion. I, so I wasn't... Why, so why wait, was this, this man was blowing something? What was he? A conch shell. You know, like a conch shell. You know, like it was, it was like some something out of like Lord of the Rings. It was amazing. Or um, like Spongebob, yeah. Yeah, or Spongebob. SpongeBob. No, but there was uh, <laughs> a lot of people in jerseys walking around had... Why uh, were they walking around? Get, quit burying the league. Jeremy! Was there, was, <laughs> was there like a baseball game? Something? Quit burying the league. You're not funny. Come on. Anyways... <laughs> <laughs> It, w- it was it was amazing. Uh, what happened? Dash was you in the World say, Series. You can say we. we, 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 we. Uh, you know, it's well, why is that such a big deal? Say we. I, I don't. I don't get. Why is that a problem? It's just easy to prod. You know, because, cool. well, because obviously you're not on the team. So can we? The Astros. I know Hunter won likes the World prodding series. Yes, Astros won the World Series against the Dodgers, <laughs> winning Game Seven, five to one. Charlie Morton comes in, throws four amazing innings uh, after a pretty rough start by Lance McCullers and a very, very rough start by Hugh Darvish, giving up five runs in just an inning and two thirds. His second straight uh, terrible performance. Obviously, he didn't pitch well in Game Three of the uh, the World Series either, uh, but. Quite a fun World Series. If uh, you're the Astros, yeah, or an Astros fan, it, it, fun. I, it, gosh, I mean, I, I went to Game Three, Game Five, and then Game Six in Los Angeles, and it was just, it was fun to follow this team during the postseason. And uh, just now that Jeremy, that's a fan. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a fan with uh, 
like no credit card debt whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I was I was gonna say I was the only game I was able to attend was Game Five. Um, it was an incredible, probably the most incredible sporting event I've ever attended. It was as, as if Michael Bay had directed a baseball game. It was that's actually amazing. an amazing description. That, no, was, that was an yeah. awesome description. Yeah. No, it was because yeah. it's like you know you you in, in, it's the Fast in, and the Furious. It was, it was <laughs> like, you know, going up, you know, zero to four against Clayton Kershaw. It's like, what could possibly go wrong next? You know, and then, bam, we're tied. And then, you know, this we're seesaw. Sorry, we, whatever, Astros are tied. It, this, this seesaw <laughs> back and forth and then that amazing finish. It was, it's, it's worth noting that the Houston Astros scored more than like six college football teams <laughs> did that weekend. No, you know, it was more than that. I think it was like 40. Okay, well, so, so, so some crazy yeah. number, especially Baylor versus Texas. We, we scored, Baylor, you know, Baylor scored a touchdown and the Astros we? How much scored score? 13. <laughs> All right, you know what? I'm going <laughs> to, that microphone's going to go flying in your mouth. Just don't blow the conch first. <laughs> well, wait, I, no, I, have a, I have a sincere question that also is a dig. At you, admittedly, which is that for you know every championship team is going to solicit fairweather fans, right? Like fairweather fans are going to come out and and root hard for their teams, and this is kind of controversial because if you are a diehard like Austin is, you know you I was fe- literally in tears, right? And, and, but also in a weird <laughs> way, but no, but there are plenty of fairweather fans that were in yeah. tears. So what my yeah. question is that you know, and Derek, you are a Cubs fan, right? And the Cubs, <laughs> one of the great uh, fairweather. Uh, clown car, un- unending clown cars to ever come out were for the Chicago Cubs last season. So I would so battle that with the fact that there's no such thing as a fair weather Cubs fan because they they don't win. So it takes winning for there to be fair. Right. And last fans. year, I'm saying a lot of celebrities came out of the woodwork and all this. Right. Stuff. That's what. I, but and this is what I told them before you were here is that fair weather fans are like the next generation of fans. Sometimes that's what it takes for people to become a fan. So this is my question. Like, I, there are so many seemingly. Fairweather fans who were uplifted and inspired. So my first question is to to you, Austin, right? Are you offended by the outpouring of Fairweather fans? Can you see the good in it? And then after, Jeremy, tell us, you know, like, what about... You've never, it seems, you never really liked baseball. So what about this experience, like, you know, really inspired you so much that you very sincerely have rooted for this team now and loved the World Series? So I'll go ahead and take that first. Um, I think the thing that frustrated me was during the parade, watching that on television and seeing all of the uh, uh, the anchors clearly jumping on the bandwagon, shaving their heads with uh, with an Astro star, you know, saying that we did this for the city, we did this, you know, I, 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 that to me frustrated me. Seeing these bandwagon fans saying we us, you know, we earned this. Okay, no, you didn't earn this. Like you just became a fan when the playoffs started. The we deserve this. I didn't like. Yeah. Don't don't yeah. S- ever say that. But, That's not a good look. But for fans that are legitimately enjoying what this means for the city, because I, I do think that this means a lot for the city. You know, especially after everything that happened back. That's in August. fine. Yeah, that say it means a lot. Yeah. Don't say we deserve. And this. I, I think this team is very likable. And so if you're just sort of a casual baseball fan and you want to kind of follow and rally behind a team. I think this team has all of the storylines, all the players that, you know, kind of embody a team that you want to rally behind. And I think people like Jeremy who <laughs> casually go to baseball games, you know, are from the city that watch the game. I think I think I'm fine with that. I think the the problem that I have is people, those people like stinky, smelly, stupid Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I the problem that I have is like I said, the, the people on TV here are saying we deserve this who have probably never been to a game. 
you know, you know, the, these Astros fans that have gone to the to every game, you know, even when they suck, they, they sound like hipsters, like talking about like how their favorite band just got. Are you calling me? A yeah, hipster? Y- you are a hipster. It's like your favorite <laughs> band just got discovered, and you're upset that other that normies are are like going to their concerts now. No, there's this no is more ridiculous. venomous insult in no. 2017 than to be compared with a hipster. Well, no, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but but here, here's my thing. I'm I'm never been, I, I'm not. I will still not call myself a baseball fan. I've always been an Astros fan. Okay, there's a difference. I've followed this team for a long time, and like a lot of sports fans from Houston, I you know we 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 we've been disappointed so many times. I just I, I wince and I look away. I would rather not be stung with this Houston sports curse BS that gets floated around these you know media outlets every time some Houston sports team fails in a playoff. Like I hate that. And so I would rather just not watch than, you know, tune in and see, oh, is my um, you know, are, are my Astros finally going to break through to the World Series this year? I mean heartbroken. Two thousand five yeah. was was killer for me. I grew up I have a I was just telling Austin, I've got this little like newspaper clip out of the nineteen ninety eight Astros in my closet in when I like in my kid bedroom. And like I remember the 2005 squad going and getting swept. That was agony. I grew up idolizing Jeff Bagwell, Craig Biggio, the Killer Bees, Lance Bergman. I mean, they're, they're all. And then getting uh, Roger Clemens and Andy Pettit here was crazy. So, you know, to 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 criticize Houston sports fans for coming out of the woodwork for the Astros, especially post like huge natural disaster, I think it's unfair. And and also to be fair, I think most bandwagon fans wouldn't know that the Astros signed. Andy Pettit and Roger Clemens. So I will give Jeremy credit for that. Thank you. Uh, Stinky, smelly, <laughs> stupid Jeremy. But, but I, 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 you I know do. what? I made the argument that there's no such thing as a bandwagon Cubs fan because they didn't do any winning. You could make the argument for the Astros. Well, as and, well. and here's the deal: the ownership with the Astros. I thought it was a dumb argument, but yes, the ownership <laughs> with the Astros under Drayton McLean just absolutely tanked. Thanks. Right, and then the first years under uh, you know Jim Crane. They were losing 110, 111, 112 games. Payroll was below $20 million. There wasn't much excitement at the ballpark for fans you know, to even rally around. So it seemed almost as if fans were being turned away by the ownership and the front office because they felt hurt that the team had just, you know, we're essentially just a cash cow now. We don't care about the on-field product. Essentially, we're the Marlins. We're the new Marlins. Luckily, you know, you had guys like Reed Ryan, Jeff Luno come in, kind of reshape the thought process behind that, wanting to build up a farm system first. And I think that's why it was so cool to see this year happen. And I think maybe, you know, some of these bandwagon fans are just people that were, you know, perhaps hurt, you know, the last seven to nine years when the team was horrendous. Yeah. And I, and and Jeremy, I put you on the spot simply because, (laughs) no, but because I I think you showed the admirable amount of passion that any fan should. And and the Fairweather fan argument, I'm saying, I say it all with tongue in cheek because, it's interesting that in sports, right, like fierce loyalty is demanded, right? Like, like the idea that you want to use the phrase we or that you want your fandom to feel earned or that if you have rooted for this team, like the band you think you discovered before anybody else, right, <laughs> that you think you, you deserve, like that you as the fan, the lifelong fan, that you somehow deserve it more. You deserve the joy more. You deserve the victory more. You deserve the, the player's attention in some vicarious way more than anybody who just decided suddenly you know, to watch. But it's, it, it's yeah, there's, weird. There's, it's strange there's that like there's this that, moral... tribal, that tribal right, like ownership yeah. over and, uh, these sports teams. There's like this moral judgment that's sort of made against people who haven't you know, worn Astros hats, worn Astros jerseys when their Nielsen rating was 0.0 in 2013. True. I mean, or, you, or that when they lost a lot. That yeah. You, that I mean, you somehow, that, 
the victory is 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 watered down or sullied if um, if people who didn't cheer for them when they were losing suddenly decide to enjoy it. I I agree. Right, and I and to to Austin's point, you know, this is a squad that they're they're really fun to watch, but then they all seem to like each other. You know, that's that's kind of something that that looks it, it looks they look like they're having fun when they're playing. I mean, and I think that that's something. It, you know, I, I was looking at the Dodgers, and this is nothing against the Dodgers, but they they all looked a little bit more wound up than our guys did at certain points in the series. And so I, I just... I, I mean, look, the Astros barely won it. It took I, till the final game. Well, no, <laughs> not, but, not only that, but, but if Clayton Kershaw starts Game 7, are we even talking about the Astros winning World Series? If the Dodgers win Game 5? Let, let's all for, let not forget that the yeah. Astros lost that game in a way of multiple times as well. Right. You know, it wasn't just that they came back against Clayton Kershaw. They also blew the lead several times and it took, you know, it took a walk off in the 11th inning. And and that's why I think all this talk about, oh, this squad, Tenth inning, excuse me. Or the, you know, this squad is going to we're going to see this two or three or four more times in 10 years. I'm like, I don't know, man. There's there's a lot that had to go right for for this team. Well, I'm not saying we had Lance Berglund on the podcast a few weeks ago and that's what he said, you know. Nice name drop, Austin. Yeah. I mean, he he said it's not easy to win. I mean, you think that you have the talent. Hunter, you asked him this. You said, didn't you think that you would essentially win or be back at the World Series, you know, multiple times? After 2005. Yeah. And that wasn't the case. Obviously, ownership. They would they would not go back to the playoffs for another decade. Yeah. They wouldn't go back to the playoffs for another decade. So who knows? I mean, maybe next year, Keichel gets injured. Verlander gets injured. uh, Correa gets injured. Maybe maybe we see anything. Anything anything can happen with baseball. That was pretty morbid. I, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and delete that because I don't want to be the guy responsible. For well, to look forward to next. City. Look forward to. Oh no, no no sorry. One more thing in reflection. Yeah. Although the game game seven was uh, Wednesday, and uh, this will be out maybe like Sunday or Monday or whatever, right? Still for the fun of it, Derek, because you are so good at breaking down baseball. Just give us some some immediate like observations just for the fun of it about game seven, whether it was the specific performance of a player or decision, or maybe it was the trend of how Hinch so desperately had to use starters in the bullpen. Also, was there anything you know during some of the commentary after the game that kind of stuck out to you? Ah, uh, see, what Austin is hinting at is something that was about Alex Bregman because I've not been on board with Alex Bregman and I You've was been on not, the record as not I've being been on, board. on the record of saying that he should be getting out far more than he was but after like immediately after they had won uh he had gone to the the, the I don't know Fox Sports set with you know Frank Thompson and A-Rod and all those guys and Frank, Frank Thomas A-Rod Keith Hernandez David Ortiz Kevin Burkhart for the post game show on Fox Sports right and Frank Thomas says to him something along the lines about his defense, like, man, your glove's been amazing. And, and he goes, yeah, you know, we'll take a couple of weeks off, let the body rest a little bit, but there's, there's a few things I need to work on. And it's when he said that, like, that occurred to me, okay, so this whole show that he puts on, right, like, he's flashy. Say what you want about his character in that sense. Like, it, it, he's probably the guy that if he doesn't play for your team, you hate him. And... That drives people nuts, but he's clearly got the work ethic and everything else. So me challenging him and saying that he probably won't be very good because he struggles to handle some you know, fastballs on the outer half, just barely elevated, he's probably going to work on that all offseason. He clearly knows that because that's what he got beat with all postseason. There's nothing that – if you're going to pick out some, a piece of someone's game – it's always easiest to do that because everything gets amplified in the postseason. So he knows now exactly what he needs to work on. He probably felt that way about his glove, which is unbelievable because of how well he did. But I, so I am, 
I'm retorting statements about Alex Bregman. I am now a fan also because of that hilarious video he had on Joe Musgrove's Instagram. Um, if you haven't seen it, we'll post a link on Weekly Brewcast. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hazard he's, wheelbarrows. Yes. He's hilarious. Um, oh, as far as, I don't know, analysis for Game 7? Uh, man, McCullers. I mean, um, why do, He's such a good muse for both your... Mainly for your frustrations, but some of your inspirations as well. Yeah. He... I, if anything... McCullers, his playoff performance like cemented that he should be the closer, and Giles <laughs> Giles should just be a guy to come out in a tough situation when you need a heavy thrower. I mean, McCullers was untouchable and was better when he came out of the bullpen. Then other what one start was good. Other than that, he was bad, and he acknowledged that he knew he wasn't good before those games happened, which I've been there before, where your arm is like. Ooh, it's you know I I felt just tightness so and it's like I'm not going to be as loose his, as I usually. His his curveball looked okay in Game Seven. His fastball command was just horrendous. Well, I mean, he, he threw 24 curveballs in a row against the Yankees in the ALCS. Right. That's something that bullpen guys do. So what do you mean by that? As a starter, you have to pitch off your fastball. You have to establish your fastball. You throw like 70, 65, 70 percent fastballs as a starter. You have to do that. And he's throwing curveballs at an overwhelmingly alarming rate, like forty six percent. Alarming. It, you don't. No, survive no, that wait, way. no. It's higher. I think he it was throws, sixty. No, I think yeah, it was sixty percent in the playoffs. In the he playoffs, throws, no, yeah. He throws, yeah, he throws. I'm saying regular season. Regular like, season. Regular season. It's nearly no. It's it's closer to fifty percent. Yeah, I think it was. I, I think it was. I think it was. I think it was like forty six, forty seven in the uh, the regular season, and then it was like sixty four in the postseason. Yeah. So an insane number. No, let me ask you: Does this? Does that percentage have anything to do with the perceived differences in the balls that they were using? Oh, in the World Series. Yeah, that's a that's a funny thing. Uh, the it, the balls would have affected him less because the way curveballs are thrown versus a two seam or a slider, or which slider. were clearly affected. I mean. Even Charlie Morton was struggling. Couldn't with throw his, his sinker. Yeah, yeah, which is amazing because he's such a good sinker baller, and also he can just grip four seams and go ninety nine. Tired subject though. Yeah, don't, don't do all the slick balls because um, we're probably never going to see those again. Yeah, hopefully not. So, um, so what? You're just they're going to make it. This is an unrealistic argument to make that they're not going to make. Lance Brothers a close. Oh, I know, and it, that's what I noticed though from that game seven. Although is the fact be, that he couldn't piece it together as a starter. You know, it'd be again. so radical and cool. What if? <laughs> okay. saying, what if it would? I just I can't imagine it happening. But I guess since the bullpen has become the most innovative it's a part show. of baseball, it's a, a sideshow. What if they turn McCullers into a closer? Okay, and instead of closers, commonly throwing one inning every single time McCullers threw at least two. What if he turned the closer position into the eighth and ninth inning? I mean, he in theory could do that, but that's really difficult to do because he'd still have to be conditioned as a starter. Like, Fine. He, he wouldn't, he just, wouldn't be saying. able to do it multiple nights in a row. Why? It's just two innings. Well, depending on how many you use. How many are high leverage. Yeah, but it's the same thing with a closer. We would have this discussion but, with Giles. But keep we? in mind, though, that this postseason and this entire year, he's conditioned himself to be a starter. So if he conditions himself to be a closer, that's completely different for your arm, for your mindset. Like He wouldn't be able to do that. That's All like right. that's like trying to change Giles to a starter and just saying, well, he did two innings as a closer. Why can't we just throw him in as a starter? Well, because he's conditioned as a closer. All right, so so you're not actually saying that McCullers could be a reliever. Well, I think he should be, but I mean that's down the road. I'd say probably a couple more years. I don't think they want to bail Until on he him. Fails. Being, yeah, okay. they don't want to well, bail wasn't on him. Wasn't that being the a wasn't that the mo on him? You know, once he got drafted, that 
you know, he was going to end up as a bullpen guy. I, like, I, I, I believe that, I I believe that was part of his scouting report. Maybe, maybe with I'm a breaking right. ball like that, yeah. All right, looking forward to 2018. Who thinks they're going to repeat? Not me. Not me either. It's uh, so tough. I spent the last three months of their season comparing them to the Cubs, so I can imagine they're going to have a similar hangover. Cubs were close. I mean, Cubs were very I, good. If, I mean, if the Astros, oh, yeah. but they were hovering the around. Next year? They were hovering around 500 for a while. Right. Cubs, yeah, yeah. Cubs and they had to go out and get Quintana. Uh, you know, right. to solidify their... Yeah. But you my, know, my whole thing is that there were... I was talking to my colleague at the Houston Chronicle, Jake Kaplan, who is the beat writer covering the Houston Astros, about how, man, like, I, because we covered the team, we remember all these little moments throughout the season that saved their butts. People are going... No one will remember. Mike Fires. That, man, you took... All right, somebody will remember. <laughs> that, that, sorry, sorry. No, that from the end of May through June, Mike Fires was the best pitcher in the AL. He was unbelievable. He had, and he, he yeah. changed his curveball. He was unhittable. He kept him afloat when all the, the five starters who everybody expected to be part of their rotation exiting spring training, all five of them were injured yeah, like in, in June. Him, him and, and Peacock were. Peacock. And, it was, and like, like David Paulino had starts, and Francis Martez had starts, and Joe Musgrove had some starts that didn't go well. But my point is that this, that stretch where Mike Fires went 7-0 and or whatever it was, was miraculous. It saved their season. It, it also screwed me over and then, in gambling. And then, and then, <laughs> and then Mike Fires was not only not a factor at the end of the end of the season, he was not on the postseason roster. No. I mean, it's so that's well, what I mean by everything has to go right. People you know, will remember. You lose Carlos Correa for 42 games, and they didn't lose a step. It's miraculous. People will remember Peacock, though. People won't remember Mike Fires contributing right. all those wins to get them to no, where they No, people are going to remember Fires giving up, what, 40 home runs? He led year. the league in home runs right. for, like, the first two months, and then all of a sudden went, like, 6-1 and one in, like, a, you know, seven, eight-week span. Yeah, it was something. Yeah, exactly. It was at the end of May and through June. So this is the last year that you have Keuchel under club control, right? And then you've got Verlander under contract as well. Club option on Altuve after next year. So this, this is, this is one of your last years where you have everybody back together. Just having Verlander. You have Springer and Bregman, too. <laughs> Every, you have keep in everybody. mind, you're not a free agent in Major League Baseball until after your sixth year. Right. So, I mean. No I'm sorry, what's your question, Austin? I was going to say. So everybody's under control for next season, yes. Everybody good. Is there almost pressure on the team this year? Or, or do you think the pressure is kind of. To re-sign guys. To, re- to resign no, to guys, win, or to win. also to win, Absolutely. knowing that you have Verlander for an entire season, not just the last month. Of Absolutely, the of course they're they'll be the favorites to win again. I'm sure. I believe well, Vegas odds actually opened up. Uh, Dodgers were five to one to but win. Those are, Vegas odds Astros, always six to one. Awesome. Vegas Cleveland, odds always the season after a champion, or like the the night after a champion wins. The champions always the favorite. Basically, well, the champions weren't the favorite. Dodgers were. The wait, 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 no, no. The, uh, the Astros are the favorite. No, according to Vegas, the Dodgers are the ones are the the, the favorite to win. Excuse me, I'm so sorry. Astros number two, Indians number three. Oh, I thought it was Astros. That's, that's right. Me. But uh, five thirty eight has that as, well. as a as a caveat to that. The uh, SI writer who predicted the Astros would win in 2017 has also predicted ben the Astros. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then right, I wasn't sure how to pronounce his name, but they want to. He it. also said um, Brady Aiken would be an impact in this World Series. <laughs> well, okay, and Mark Appel. To be fair, though, he predicted three years in advance the Astros of when he, he has no idea. Who I have no about. idea who you just <laughs> talked about, but I, he's I, like I Clay Aiken. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know he played baseball. But, 
I you know there there's no way of, of predicting, but it it would be it would be in the tradition of Houston sports to go back to back, given the Rockets and I believe the Comets as well. So okay, Bregman sent out a tweet or something like that saying that he was listening to Drake, you know, back to back. So I, I, there's there's confidence from the team that they can do this, but of course having that target on your back is a completely different animal. Um, there was one interesting stat that I saw: uh, the Astros tr- had three elimination games this postseason. Of which they trailed a total of zero innings. That to me is pretty remarkable. I don't know how that translates to next year, but well, they're very good. Uh, it's just that for it to hold up throughout a season and for them to go into the postseason, you know, healthy so, again. So I mean, they went into this postseason, by the way, very healthy. Yeah, they had everybody they needed. So how how does the, the coaching staff is going to change a little bit next year? Joey Cora is going to Boston, or Alex Cora, Cora. Alex, Alex Cora, Joey yeah. Cora. Yeah. <laughs> well, but yeah. Alex Cora. Who cares? He was a bench coach. But does he had such a no, great rapport. No, is the answer. Next question. Beltran, not oh, going to be back. Yeah. Does that does that have any impact? You know, they do love Beltran. They do love Carlos Beltran. It seems like such a cliche, right? And 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 whenever this would come up in the in the beginning of the season, we would roll our eyes, right? Yeah. And but it held up, and through the end, it was actually really clear that Carlos Beltran did have a profound effect on these guys. Yeah. However. Maybe he like gave you know he gave him a season. They can carry that in next year. They don't need him every day. Yeah, and you also have Justin Verlander who yeah. brings that same kind of pedigree. But it's no, 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 it was different for the position players. Right. Yeah. He absolutely. Really, he, God, I know that all they would. These guys they spoke about him all the time. I know. Like, but whatever. Maybe he taught them plenty of lessons that they'll be prepared for for next year. You would think. Maybe does he? I don't know. He's probably. You wanted uh, so were you were you gonna try to say that you want him to be the bench coach? Could he? He probably could get more money on television. Don't you think, Derek? I think you get a lot of money as a bench coach. More than on television? Yeah. To not be with his family in New York? His kids, his, his family's based in New York City. Really? Yes. Uh, I could I, see him on MLB Network next year. I could also see him playing for somebody for an absurd amount of money. Because he'll go anywhere for the right amount. <laughs> it, it's uh, true. It, it, if we've learned anything about Carlos Beltran's offseason decisions, it's solely based on his salary. He doesn't go anywhere. I swear, it's not because like he wants to win. It's just not. It's because the Astros gave if, him if this he, year. If he wanted to win, 14, if he wanted sixteen million dollars. Yeah, sixteen million. If, if he wanted to win, he would have resigned with the Astros in two thousand five. He wasn't worth half that this season. Other, less than his, half, dude. He he was he was not good. That's what I'm saying. But what he did in the dugout and clubhouse got that double off of of Kimbrel. By the way. That oh, was pretty nasty. That was that was pretty nasty. He had not seen a, a slider in that at bat. It was consecutive fastballs, and he crushed the first slider he saw off the wall. Yeah, that was, was pretty impressive. He was clearly looking for it. Okay, I'm just saying that was come on. No, off the I'm best not, closer in the world. That I'm was not discrediting. Cool. Right, anyway, in fact, anyway, anyway. In, I would really be pumping up his ego. Like that's incredible that you decide to look for a 90 mile okay. an hour slider. Yeah, yeah, that's impressive. So anyway, if there's a team, I'm trying to think on the cusp of of like what's the what's the term like. Um, like jump, take, taking the leap to the next level. I don't know what that team is next year. Maybe it's the Nationals still without like with a real manager. Maybe maybe, maybe it's New York. Oh, the Yankees. I don't. I don't know if they would. Re- maybe they would. Maybe they would resign Beltron. Why not for one there, more there year? There is at- one team that I, I think we can go and roll out, and I think that's the Rangers. So I knew you were. I knew you were going to say something ridiculous about them. <laughs> oh, you don't. Mean- hey, be careful. Hold Be on. careful. Do not, you should not badmouth the Rangers. That will come back to bite you. I know what. I am just happy that the city of Houston won one first. Yes. There were a number of Ranger fans that were saying that we, that, sorry, Houston owes <laughs> Dallas Rangers 
Uh, some thanks for trading you Darvish to the Dar- to the Dodgers when they did. That being said, I thought it was really funny how many Ranger fans became Dodger fans seemingly overnight. Nice. Um, I like that. I yeah, like they it stuck was, with their hatred. Right. <laughs> and and it, 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 it was funny because, you know, the minute the Astros went on Wednesday, there was, there was a hotel. I think it was like one, of the, like one of the Omnis in Dallas that lit up in the Astros colors. And there's all these people that take to Twitter and go irate. About, well, well, but but they but they do that for. Um, I'll tell you when when the Rangers were in the World Series in 2011, 2012, I was cheering heavily against them. I was the Good. biggest Giants fan, biggest Cardinals Good. fan. All right, hold on. Let me I, I standpoint standpoint <laughs> by twenty eighteen by twenty eighteen. Let's put a bow on this. Yeah. So, so you don't think they're going to win next year? I don't think they're going to win next year. I, th- I think they win the division. Yeah, I don't think they'll win the World Series again. I don't know either. It's just too difficult. Too much magic. I also think that the biggest teams that are going to be in their way will be really really good again. Like the Indians and the Yankees will be very good next year. Yeah. I think the Yankees it depends on, on what their pitching staff is going to be. I, um I think I think the Astros, if they do want to make a run, they need to bolster that starting rotation again. You need yeah, Morton you need it's, Morton to have everybody's talking about how they need to get better bullpen guys. It's like clearly that's actually not what last year evidenced. I mean, it was without. your starters. It was your starters doing damage in the in the postseason. Right. I, I'm saying that the, the postseason is so different yeah. that it should not reflect what kind of offseason moves right. they will want to make. That said, Jeff Luno did mention the bullpen, so I guess they're going to add... I don't know I don't know who, though, because the Astros... need a lefty. They definitely need a lefty, and, and Jeff Luno does not like to spend money, and I guess that maybe that vicariously means that Jim Crane doesn't like to spend monies, but my point is that they're not going to unload the piggy bank for uh, Wade Davis or whatever other relievers out there. Jake McGee, who's really good, but they're not going to overpay those guys. So, so keep more in mind, of, too, they are spending, they took on Justin Verlander's contract. So he's getting he's paid $20 million, $8 million is being paid by Detroit. But next season, it's all like $23 million is hit is the Astros. Right. So just keep that in mind. I. Don't expect him to So Morrow, the flame-throwing I like reliever, him, Brandon Morrow, he, who pitched in every yeah, single seven, World Series game. He's a free um, agent this year. Do you, do you go pre- after a guy like that? Dude, him? that's so crazy. I need Jake as my witness. I predicted that during the World Series. Really? Yes. I said that I could so see the Astros because, see, that's a financial investment that makes sense. Maybe they pay him like a boatload of money comparatively for him for one season. So it buys them one more year to try to develop a bullpen arm or see what the market is like next year. It buys them time, basically. Sure. Give Brandon Morrow uh, one year, seven million, mil? eight million. Oh, no, 15. That's incredible. Boston. For, uh, for Aroldis, a Chap- Aroldis Chapman makes $15 million. No, he makes more than that, doesn't he? Doesn't Feel he... free to look it up. But my, my point is that that is... The, no, do not give Brandon Morrow $15 million. I mean, Carlos Beltran made sixty million dollars, and we were outraged about that. Who, who was who was the who was the bullpen guy last year um, for the Astros? Honestly, uh, Francis Martez should be your bullpen development. He's an he's upper a, 90s yeah, they're arm. developing him into a starter. I know, but he's your upper nineties arm that you need because Giles loves him. isn't the guy anymore. I guess they're good, but they want Martez to start. Yeah, I know. He probably will fight for. I, I expect him to fight for the fifth starter spot next year. So they don't need it. They can start him well, in the minors. But and then again, Musgrove came out as a really good bullpen arm. Yeah, Hinch consistently this year kept saying over and over again that you know like the long-term plan for him is a starter, to be a starter, to be a starter. But mm, you're right. I could I could see Musgrove being a relief. And, you I know, it all dep- depends also what you see with uh, Force Whitley. I mean, what does he do? They're he, not going to push it, but there's no, no, there's no, there's no need, need to push him no need. Okay, so Jay really Kaplan already on, has talked about how... On salaries, uh, Craig Kimball... Kimbrell made eleven million last year. Uh, Chapman made eleven point three two. So yeah. Okay, so you're not going to pay Brandon 15, Morrow, who's thirty four, who's thirty three years old. 
that has had one successful season in the last yeah. decade. Yeah. They're going to pay him $15 million next year. It would be a two-year or 15. That would be fair. <laughs> now he adds the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you split it to the number that I originally Guys, said, which was seven. It's, it's a little bit late. A little bit late. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, I think, yeah. They'll, they'll, so they'll probably be prudent and savvy, as always, and not spend a lot of money. Even though it would be really oh. freaking cool. Let me just throw this out there. It would be really cool if they added Jake Arrieta. Just because. Like, why not? If you had a staff, if he Jake Arrieta was your... Houston on Sunday. <laughs> that's what made me think about it. Maybe, he, yeah, Austin cited... Uh, you saw Jake Arietta today, right? Yeah, he was. He at, lives uh, in Austin. He was so. at Eloise Snickles. What were you doing there? Brunch, hot, very. <laughs> <laughs> All right. To be fair, Jim Crane and I, I was reading a long article in the Chronicle about this today. Actually, was uh, it written by Hunter? It was not. No, it was it, not. It was no, by David Barrett. No, and it was. It was Jim Crane is willing to spend the money when it's the right time, and and I and I I I would. Take him as word. I mean, they've to you know give the Ashes a little bit of credit for for, oh, for, for this season. I mean, yeah. you know, he ponied up the money for Verlander. He ponied up what the money for Verlander. By so the way, that is the word of the postseason. Pony. Pony. Po- Man, <laughs> we went like fifty minutes without saying pony once, Derek. I was going to, and <laughs> I shied away. I think from we've that. gone what like two and a half minutes without saying we, right? <laughs> oh, damn, I just broke it. No, but I but 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 seriously, Jim Crane. Uh, to his credit, he's gonna. I think. I think you might see the payroll go up substantially and it be in the right places, especially because this is a really good feeling for the city. And and he knows that. I think the organization knows that. And I'm, I I think I was the only person on this podcast that predicted the Astros would go to the world series back when we were doing those predictions. Yes. Ironically, Uh, that is true. I know. So I'm going to, I'm going to say right now, we all fought the Indians. We have to tip all of our very small hats to you, Jeremy. That's right. Very small hats, very small heads. Um, But but seriously, I, I I see I see potential in this team. I don't know baseball. I'll admit that. But I'm gonna say based on nothing just the sheer charisma, just the sheer charisma. That's right, charisma of the team. I say they go again in 2018. I'm not saying they win it. I'm might saying they well. go. It's, it might as well. It's as well. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not there, there's there's no reputation at stake here. So. I agree with you. Uh, no, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing at stake for me. I'm just good in the game. And, oh, I should have said, Derek, when you made your point about how much they're going to pay Justin Verlander next year, a lot of that will be compensated for with uh, letting Beltran walk, because now you're going to get... And, and Francisco Liriano. So true. Beltran costs $16 million. Liriano costs $13 million. Whoop! That's gone. So now that goes toward um, Verlander. So it compensates. I do want to ask you one thing. So Keuchel is under one more year of club control. He's going to go to arbitration. Do you consider re-signing him this offseason, giving him an extension? They're able to do that. You can riff up a deal yeah. and resign. Yeah, they they did that with Mike Trout uh, a few years they ago. They did the, just with did who? that with Upton. Mike Trout, and, uh, well, not the Astros, but the yeah. uh, L.A. They just did that with Justin Upton in Anaheim. Oh yeah, yeah. but if, 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 if you're the Astros front office, do you pull the trigger on a deal like that? He's 29. He's probably going to get next year. He's probably going to get 14, 15 million in arbitration. The thing is, after you win a World Series, I mean, it's like any team in any sport when they win a championship, you can kind of name your price. So. They but probably, he's had injury issues the last two years. But they, that's why you'd let it go to arbitration. That's why you wouldn't re-sign him. So, if anything, the Astros kind of have the upper hand on him. Mm. At, at least that's the way I look at it. Do you see something different, Hunter? I, I, I'm too ignorant when it comes to uh, free agency deals and arbitration. I don't well, know. Just no. look I at leverage. I, I don't know. Like I, I mean, because the market for pitchers is so expensive... I definitely see plenty of reason why they would want to try to get Dallas at a bargain, if possible, right? Like, I just, but I actually don't know. I don't even know, like, what is a fair price for him. I don't know. 
I don't know what a fair price for him is. That's the funny thing. Is he can't ask for what Max Scherzer got. He also, but if could he ask for something close? Like, maybe. The he's, funny thing is, so yes, he's battled injuries, but he also... His injuries, by the way, like, we're talking about a pinched nerve in his neck. It's right, not Tommy John. Right, right, and like a, a shoulder discomfort that kind of ruined a season for him. But regardless, the type of pitcher he is, a soft-throwing lefty, like, his longevity, I mean, he could pitch... Towards forty years old, yeah. we would Jamie think. Moyer. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. would think. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. We need Jake Kaplan would know. I, re- I really, I, I have no insight into any of that stuff. Yeah, I, I would say though. Let it go uh, any last station. words about the Dynamo? We didn't even talk about the Rockets. Ay. All right, we should do. <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll get into the podcast soon. Yeah, I was like, well, I'll, I'll put in a word to one of our friends over there. Is yeah. it good for the Rockets? That's what we that the Astros know. have won the World Series. It yeah. is. It is. It's very good for the Rockets. <laughs> You get, you get now. You have Fertitta wanting a championship, but really Fertitta owning the Rockets and everything that he's already done is so cool. I would love to listen to that podcast. So make that happen. Okay. You, you, I'm sorry. What do you want me to make make happen, Derek? He wants Fertitta. On you the want me to get the owner of the Rockets on our podcast? No, no. I just want you guys to talk about the impact that he's already had on the team. That's much easier. <laughs> just having us and not the owner of the Rockets on the podcast. Yes. Okay. We'll just we'll just talk about things regarding it. There you yeah, go. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, exciting times in Houston. Look, uh, Rockets are really good. James Harden dropped yeah. fifty six tonight, a career high. Chris Paul's non-existent, even though. Whatever he'll be back. Gone. He's only back in like two, three weeks. Yeah, this no, will be very forgettable. This, this yeah, great. It's it's the golden age of Houston sports. The led, Dynamo, led by the a, Dynamo. I was about and to say, the any last words in the Dynamo? Uh, I don't even know the who they're Dynamo, playing. Right? Who, who do the Dynamo play in in, That's right. in, the, in the next round? The Sounders. What do the Dynamo? Seattle play? Sounders. Yeah. Oh no way they're going to beat them, right? The Sounders are really good, right? Yeah. So, so, so is so is Portland. Yeah. Okay, I only know of those Northwest teams and their dominance based on some New York Times stories I read. I don't know anything about soccer. Regionally, the Northwest loves soccer. So, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, they're good. Commie kickball. Yeah. Commie kickball. That's right. (laughs) On that note, you can uh, follow our work. Wait, 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 (laughs) wait, wait, wait. It's going to be somewhat of a somber ending. We really should mention there was a tragedy today. I think that just because we love talking about sports on this podcast, um, it would be wrong to outright, blatantly choose to ignore that today a tragedy happened. We don't have to get too deep into the issues. We can save it for a time when more information is going to develop. But once again, it, uh, it, this is a really uh, largest upsetting mass shooting in, in the state's history. history. Yeah. Third yeah. largest in the U.S., two of which have happened in the last month. And somebody put on Twitter, I feel like, God, every time you say it, every time somebody says that out loud, don't you, don't you brace for something stupid, right? Like, somebody said on Twitter. It's, how, how can you not? I mean, it's... Yeah. it's I guess, but I was going to try to credit something that was put on Twitter that really did channel something I thought privately, which was, wow, if a year or two years ago, we had heard that there was there were 24, or now it's, it's up to 26, 26, I think, I don't know, 24, 26, people killed in a mass shooting, you know... It, it would actually somehow have been twice or three or four times more shocking than the way I felt about hearing the news today. I am upset. It's terrifying. But I have to say, in the wake of so many shootings, there is something weirdly less impactful about it all. That, you know, you compare this You're with... You're desensitized. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think the... F- it- I think it depends on who you ask, but if, if I'm you're, admitting that that's how I if, felt. If, that, if, that, like, let's, let's put it this way. If you, um, I'll, I'll speak from personal experience. If you've attended a large church in Houston, they have a security detail. They receive threats weekly um, from any number of people. So the fact that it's happened at a church, if you're a church-going person, that it does kind of creep you out a little bit. It creeps me out. Yeah, I'll, it's a small town of about 600 people. Uh, nearly 4% of the town's population 
gunned down, killed today. That's insane. But here's the deal: if you if 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 you want to talk about gun regulation, if 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 anything was going to be done, it would have been done after Sandy Hook. Like you had kids, first graders, gunned down. They there was there was had, a five year old who yeah, was one of the they, victims. They had no today. chance. But if 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 the government isn't going to do anything after Sandy Hook, like. What, what, I know. Yeah, we, what, look, yeah, yeah. it's too late in the podcast to get into a profound discussion on gun control. I simply wanted to say that um, what needs to be said, which is just because we talk about sports on this podcast, doesn't mean we should outright ignore um, you know a horrible tragedy that happened today. So, our, our, you know, and there was also, the, ter- there was also and, the terrorist attack that happened in New York City. This past week. Uh, yeah, getting in vans yeah. and hitting people. I mean, it's it's all part of the time we live in. Unfortunately, let's make a let's make a pledge to to come back in a week and with with much more informed opinions and have a good discussion about. I'll it. I'll do it. Yeah. 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 Hopefully. I mean, you know, it's so it's so weird. There's still. I mean, if you, if you look at like the the Vegas shooting, there's still so many question marks about that guy yeah. and about it. You know, it, who who knows? We'll know more in a week. I hope we do. I hope we know who this guy is and what his motives were tomorrow. But yeah. Also, know. next week, I think we should talk about uh, Trump and a year after the election. I think that would be kind holy of cow. That was a year. Wow, that was a fast and chaotic year. <laughs> I can't believe a year has passed. I'm going into hibernation, pitchers and catchers, <laughs> in a hundred days, less than a hundred days. We'll, we'll see you back for maybe a maybe a spinoff podcast. I'm hibernating, so maybe. No, there are some uh, winter large meetings. stakes for that other auxiliary conversation we were thinking about having, Derek. Some large, hefty takes. Okay, I thought you meant literal stakes, and then ah, right. Okay. <laughs> All right, that gesture. Sorry, I'll move my hand off your thigh. Yeah, okay, here we go. Let's All right, wrap so. this up. Anyways, uh, if you want to follow our work, just search Weekly Brewcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also subscribe to our website at weeklybrewcast.com. And if you want great insight from the Houston Chronicle, of course, you should subscribe to HoustonChronicle.com. It's like, what, five cents a day, something like that. It's a dollar a week. For a dollar a week, you can have the Houston Chronicle. Also, you can follow Hunter Atkins at HunterAtkins35. Vogel said what, who was just uh, tearing it up, getting all of these uh, followers on Twitter. Derek, you must be up to a few hundred by now. Yeah, I'm up to 575. Not that you're counting. It, no, I, I just looked. It doubled <laughs> since uh, postseason baseball started. Good. That's, that's, all, that's all thanks to my friend in Bangladesh, by the way. <laughs> uh, well, tell him thank you. <laughs> I will send him some dates. <laughs> I believe that would be appropriate. Panesh says you're welcome. <laughs> Panesh. That's, that's your new catchphrase, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Jeremy, I don't know. What's, what's your Twitter handle? It, does, it doesn't matter. I don't tweet. I, I don't tweet. <laughs> I, I, I like and I retweet. I do not tweet. You should not follow me. I want, I, want to, I, want to, I want to plug one thing, which is that for anybody out there that wants the issue of the Chronicle that celebrated the World Series the next yes, day. Yes, thank you. A lot of people have been asking me personally if I can give them to, to them. No, I can't like, hand you another issue. I don't know where they are. However, um, what I will do is I will retweet, an, again, a link that we have to buy a la carte the issue. You can go on to HoustonChronicle.com. You can find it. You can buy the Champs issue. I believe that direct website is cron.com slash, slash shop. We should hire you. How do you know that? Because I was, I was actually having a conversation with 
with Alvin, and we were saying, well, man, you know, I tried to make it to the store the other day to get an issue, didn't yeah, get Alvin it. Alvin was too busy with the chipmunks. Well, yeah. and then, <laughs> and then, and our thought process was, you know, we're going to see Hunter, and let's just ask him. And so <laughs> everybody has, people have been texting me constantly, yeah. like, dude, yeah. you get me? I can't, right? Like, they're all gone. Can you get me one? So I, I don't have one. So I, I don't did, even have one for me. Yeah, I did a little research, and I think it's it's either HoustonChronicle.com slash shop or Cron.com slash shop. I'll retweet it today, yeah. but yeah, go go buy it. It's, I don't know, cheap by the way did we mention hunter's article that was great if you're in uh, if, if you're if you're a longtime astros fan you should read hunter atkins article about the emotional connection the old squad has with the current series champs so it's an amazing article brought a tear to my eye all right very kind words all right and on that note this has been episode 115 of the weekly brew podcast we'll see you next week you've been listening to the weekly brew